0: Hello, my name is Gillian Bowen, the Australian Manager of Public Affairs at Chartered Accountants ANZ or CAANZ. This is Small Firm Big Impact.
1: Seeing like lower profitability than they would have hoped. Um, just not having enough time to, to spend mm. doing the things that they really set out to do. The client's expectations have changed. There's a lot more immediacy as to, they want things and they want them now. I'd love to see, you know, more and more small and solo solo accounting practice owners take back control. Um, They've been so giving in those last few years with COVID. Um, It's their time
0: in 2023. It's the podcast giving you and your clients the up-to-date information you need to do your jobs. Each fortnight I share resources, tools and expert advice provided by CAANZ and a range of people across our profession. So make sure you're following the pod in your favourite pod app. And if you've got an idea for the show, email podcast at charteredaccountantsanz.com. Today I have in the studio Amanda Gascoigne, FCA, a CA ANZ member and accounting coach, mentor and consultant. The topic, balance. Or another way to put it, how to stop drowning in work. How to find a work-life balance that doesn't mean your business suffers. Amanda, welcome to Small Firm Big Impact. Thanks so much for having me, Gillian. Okay, first of all, let's drill down what's your
1: expertise? So my expertise is all around practice management, specifically for small and solo accounting practice owners from startups through to one, one and a half million dollars. Okay. And with an overarching focus on a work-life balance. Oh,
0: well, it sounds like we have the right expert in for this episode, which makes me feel good. Um, So let's let's have a think. Can you paint a picture for me of what it's like In one of those firms right now. What are people telling you? Well, it's a little bit like riding a roller coaster. One minute,
1: they could be really happy with how they're going, doing the things that they're doing on purpose, which is, you know, really helping people. And they, you know, so excited, a lot of joy, a lot of happiness Mm -hmm. when they're doing what they want. meant meant to be doing but what we're also seeing is there is so much overwhelm overwork so many challenges with clients that joy is dropping um you know as equally as it's actually rising and you know we've got seeing like lower profitability than they would have hoped um just not having enough time to to spend Mm. doing the things that they really set out to do why why is it like that So, I think it's there's a number of reasons for it, and look, it probably comes back down to predominantly clients. Um, Okay. The client's expectations have changed. There's a lot more immediacy as to they want things and they want them now. They don't want to wait where in the past we've been able to schedule, you know, work, schedule a lot of things, but there just seems to be one thing after another, one drama after another, Um, more legislation, more things to do. And it's just more work. So for me, I think it's about having and a, a lot of practice owners have got too many clients, too much on their plate. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's predominantly a big issue. It's the workload, it's the client demands, it's the, you know, falling appetite to pay. Everyone thinks they use their software and it does all the tax and the accounting for them and I don't know what they think accountants do but they think we just flick a switch and we've got a tax return, yeah. And so they think by paying software or by... Um, doing some of these other things, employing some technology, it just yeah, loses what we have to do. So it's a, a really about communication with clients, what we do, why we do it, why we have to charge. And I think just even that one element – can actually help some of that overwhelm because mm. we can take a step back not be so immediate about giving it a response. Look, we can do this, but it's outside the scope of your normal work. It's not included in your tax return that you paid for 6 months ago. We have to, you know, review the the question and we need to come back to you with a with a uh, more informed response mm. and we need time for that. So no, we can't do that straight away.
0: It sounds like there is a lot going on. I, 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 and, and a lot going on every day. Mm. So, and there would be people listening along nodding yeah. Um, and they may be like, yeah, we know what, we live it. We're living it right now. Um, So can we drill down, can we get cracking on how we could make this better? Where should they start? Yeah. So I think the easiest way to
1: to look at this is like the five elements that I talk to about having a balance firm. This is the stuff that I talk to clients, accountants, day in, day out. So the five key elements, um, some might have challenges in all of those elements. Some they could pinpoint that they've got some challenges or some pain points in one or two. But the the five things are to first of all, reconnect with that vision. Like why did you start your practice in the first place? Mm. And to perhaps see what's gone of course because you know the the emails for instance some days we get to the end of the day and all someone's done is just their emails that's not what we signed up for so really reconnecting with that vision that someone wants for their life and their practice the second thing is all around clients so do you have the right ideal clients? Are you working with them? Mm -hmm. So um, a big job that I do when I come in and work with clients is actually we do go through their client list, their client base, and we disengage where necessary. And I know that seems really harsh um, because we want to help everyone. That's our nature. But we just can't keep going at this pace and with the amount of work Um, and even to do the things that we want to do, maybe offering more, you know, advisory. So we need to look at disengaging some clients, getting rid of in a really nice way. But, you know, with COVID, with all these things, we just simply do not have the time that we had two or three years ago. So maybe making space for them so we can actually work with more of our ideal clients and then take on more of our ideal clients that we can show more love to and, you know, deliver services Mm. that they're going to love. So that leads me to my third um, point around services. You know, we can't offer everything. What are we good at? What can we make good money at? And it's about evaluating what we're doing, what we're charging for. Um, You know, a lot of things I see is we do all this stuff because we want to help, but we're not charging for it. You know, we're not a community service so looking at the service we're offering what we're charging for it and if we're not charging maybe we now need to to change the way that we're engaging Mm. um and that's a big thing about you know getting back to not just filling in forms but really you know helping our clients have better businesses and better lives exactly what we want for ourselves Mm. so how can we actually
0: do that with the service that we deliver and what about because uh, you did mention five? What's what's four and five? Yeah, so the other one <laughs> is don't, yeah, don't, leave don't leave me leave um, <laughs> So
1: the fourth one is all around culture, and when I talk about culture, it's really it's actually sharing that vision that we established right at the very beginning with the people that we work with, and often people think culture is just team, just you know, the people that we have working for us. But some solo practitioners may not have teams, but we still have a group. We want to actually, you know, nurture and create this wonderful culture, which is around our clients, selection, our clients that we work with, the um, colleagues that we work with and, you know, referring partners So, and other people that are supporting us. So that's culture and we want those people to understand what our vision is Mm. and make sure that they're on the same page. Mm. And that, I think, is really a lovely way to be working, that we're all, you know, on point. And the final um, element is technology. So what does our tech stack look like? You know, can we um, add things in that can actually make our life easier? Mm. So some of the things that we're, we're doing, some mundane repetitive tasks that there is a piece of software that can do it. Let's do that to free up some time to give us more balance. And are we utilizing software or not utilizing software that we're actually paying for? Um, do we need to ditch that? Mm. Or is there something now that's wrapped up in another piece of technology that we've got? So they're the five things and I think if you go through all of that and you know pick the things and you know maybe have two or three action plans for each of those elements, you're going a good going a good way, to find that sweet spot and how you can actually create this wonderful practice, a wonderful life, and achieve more balance in the process.
0: Mm. They sound like great practical actions, but that has me then asking, so if you're in your firm or your business, you're a self-practitioner, you are feeling snowed under. How do mm. you find the time to do the analysis that you're talking about? Look, I'll share from
1: experience here, because you know, I had a practice for 18 years and I know, you know, that's I know the cycle, you know, we go out on our own, we back ourselves, we start growing and because we're good at what we do, we don't have any problems really getting clients, but we just keep going on this, this that roller coaster, that treadmill. And I know for me, I couldn't keep it up with that pace. I had to do something differently. I couldn't keep working longer hours. That wasn't fair on me and my family. Um, so I had to actually take some corrective action and I had to make time because I knew what I was doing was not going to get me to where I wanted to be. So, I think the first thing is actually knowing that something does need to change. Mm. And we've done so much with our clients over the last few years, it's time for us. That's that's my message, it's time for practice owners to really take stock of what they're doing. So, have some time out, whether that's just one Friday a month or, you know, going away for a couple of days and just, you know, I love working in blocks. So let's work for a day or two days and really getting this stuff solved. Um, Maybe even you've got a peer that's actually in the similar boat. Um, You know, we want to
0: share these experiences. Pair up and then work together. Buddy up Mm. and you know
1: help each other. Maybe share the load. If you've got Mm. some checklists to create, let's one does one, one does another. Like you know, we really want that you know, more community and really sharing. And I know we've done that very, very well over COVID. So Mm. let's do that. Or, um, you know, maybe get a mentor or a coach like me that can come in on a, you know, an ad hoc basis or maybe a longer term basis to help really reshape and redesign your practice. So a number of ways, different financial obligations, different time obligations, but I think just at least starting small and, you know, working out what is not working and how we
0: can, you know, get back on that track. So then you've done the anal- You've taken the time, you've done the analysis, you've got your list of things that need to change. How do you then roll that out?
1: I think when we're rolling that out, I think a couple of things that come to mind, you know, just one step at a time. So if you're looking at, you know, get an action plan, get some dates as to when you want to, to do these things by, you know, if it's technology when do you want to implement that what would be a good time to implement it because we don't want to set yourself up for failure by trying to do everything at once mm. so what are the things that you can chip away many of them you can actually do from tomorrow if we make a decision and we read something we hear something and say okay I'd love to do that from tomorrow something else that might be that you'll have to you know sit with it a little bit and it might take a bit longer so I think having an action plan, setting some really good boundaries. Um, I love a good boundary um, for these problematic areas, and working out. Okay, from tomorrow, this is how we do it. Mm. This is how we charge for it. Mm. You know, we're not going to accept that. Um, we only look at what are our client selections. I know in practice, my my selection was they had to be up to date with their ATO lodgements and they had to be on accounting software or willing to go. On software, if they didn't meet those criteria, I didn't even have a meeting with them. So I think it's you know the boundaries and having those rules, and just be being being brave, you know, and stop worrying about everyone else and what everyone else is going to think, and just start doing practice in life your way and in the way that's going to help you achieve that vision that you had
0: on day one. So you touched on it there uh, a second ago, talking about some um, some boundaries that you would have had to how you would pick a client to keep or pick a client to let go. But on that, how, how do you reset your client base? How, how do you get to a point where you are not worried about the fact that you've said bye to people who were bringing in money or giving money to your business?
1: I think you have to trust the process. So being confident and being brave, knowing that if you let go of 10, 15, 20% of your client base that you actually have work to do. I think everyone worries about how many clients they have and so many are not actually taking advantage of um, their, their client base as it stands. So if we were to remove some of them and, you know, just doing a client matrix how many? Have a look at your client base from, and you know, sort it from highest to lowest. Have a look to see what tiers. I recommend having a look at you know client tiers. So you might have okay. How many clients sit between less than a thousand dollars? Let's look at those number of clients, how much they're earning, the total amount of that. Then go into tiers, you know, a thousand to two thousand, and have a little look to see what your client base actually looks like because I think a lot of people don't even know Mm. the makeup of their client base. So if they were to let go of, say, you know, 10%, what does that mean in number of clients and what does that mean in dollars of clients? And if you look at that, it's probably not as scary as what you think because you think, okay, I'm going to get rid of 50, 100 clients, think about all the emails they're sending, think of all the communication, the phone calls you're getting from them and then how much you're making from them If you were to start offering tax planning or start offering something else to clients that we know that would happily pay it, how much of that do we need to offer to actually make up that income? And either making it up within our client base, which I think it's definitely possible because I don't think we're servicing our clients as well as we should be, as well as we thought we were going to be at that day one. We're going to help them make better decisions. We're going to help them with their budgeting. We're going to help them with some financial coaching or whatever. We're not doing a lot of that because we just simply don't have the time. So if you were able to take a step back, move, remove some clients and then start working on how I can better serve my really good clients, I think it's not as scary as what you think it will be. And, you know, talking to people who've done it, they just feel so liberated and they just feel, oh, why didn't I do this sooner? Mm. And from it's a dollar figure thing, so it, it will eventually get more profitability because those sweet spots that I talked about, you get that in sync, you will automatically make more money. You will automatically have more fun doing what you're doing. You'll automatically have more balance. Mm. And I think even if we get rid of some clients and get, you know, reduce our amount of hours we need to spend in our practice... That in itself might be what you want because we're not spending time at home. We're working 60, 70 hours a week. We're working on weekends. So if we're actually able to remove all those extra emails, all of the extra responsibilities for hand-holding that 10%, we can actually do more even personally.
0: Mm. Gosh, we've covered a lot. We are literally a couple of minutes at a time, I just want to skip to boundaries, which I think really complements what it is that we've been talking about. And you had mentioned the importance of this. Before we go, how do you set a boundary and then keep it? It's a hard one.
1: It <laughs> takes some practice. It takes some bravery. But, you know, I think we need to look and assess, like, where are we overwhelmed? Where are we feeling stressed? what are the things that are making us feel that way? So when you're feeling that emotion, what's actually the trigger? So thinking about what it is, from that we then can set that boundary or that rule to say, you know, we're not doing this anymore or this is, you know, I can't just turn that job around in 24 hours. We don't Mm -hmm. do that anymore. And so I think setting a boundary around it and sticking to it and oh my goodness, you will not notice like having that boundary or that rule. It just takes the emotional um, and the fatigue out of decision making. It just mm. takes the emotion out of it completely. Well, hopefully
0: your client would come along with you on that journey.
1: I think so. And, and I think we've got an opportunity to lead in this space. So, you know, and think about if you want to go to a doctor's surgery or a dentist or a, a solicitor. We can't just always get the appointment today or tomorrow like we want. So we need to actually, let's not buy into this immediacy. We need to maybe just take a breath and say, no, we have those rules. And I'll just share a quote that I shared inside my um, community, The Balance Firm, uh, a couple of weeks ago and also on socials about boundaries. And the quote is, the only people who get upset when you set boundaries are the ones who benefited from you having none. And I really love that quote and I just think if we start really using that muscle within our practice and even personally, because I've had to use this sometimes personally, it just is just so empowering and it just will honestly change the way that you feel your stress levels, your emotion. It's like, oh, I did that. What can I do next? What other boundary can I set? Mm. So it's just, it is really um, something that I don't think we do enough of Mm. and I think if we started doing that and people start valuing, they value our time more when we have these boundaries that we're not always available, that they need to start being a bit more prepared and not to leave things to the last minute. I think that's not being rude to say, no, we can't turn this around because I don't want to pull another all-nighter. I don't want to work on a weekend when Mm. I should be at my son's rugby game. Like we need to actually look at those and just really assess because we're in control and I'd love to see, you know, more and more small and solo, ac- solo accounting practice owners take back control. Um, they've been so giving in those last few years with COVID. Um, it's their time in 2023.
0: What an inspirational way to finish. That is all we have time for. If you want to find more out about Amanda, jump onto her LinkedIn. There's also a great video from her about achieving balance in our Acuity magazine. I'll put a link to both of those in the show notes. And you'll also find links to the other episodes in Season 3 there as well. Follow the podcast in your favourite pod app so you're ready for next time. The podcast also has an email, so feel free to get in touch. Podcast at CharteredAccountantsANZ.com. Thank you, Amanda Gascoigne, for joining me on Small Firm Big Impact. Thanks so much, Gillian, and good luck, everyone. Bye bye.